independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Oh my Lord, what will happen? I was asking myself, been asking myself uh, yesterday, later on, and, and, and throughout the day, should I care right now about the entire Trump thing? Should I care? Concern over those 300 documents triggered the criminal investigation still in its early stages, probing whether Trump and his aides may have mishandled material, refused to turn it over, or even lied about it. And Democrats are asking questions about how those documents were stored at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, where were they? Uh, were they stored? Was it was it real? Was it was it not real? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Were they stored in a place that, that you had to have them at a certain level, like the, like the air? Like, if it's anything below 62 in here, these things are going to die. You can't do it. But, Chad, you're making... No, I, I just... Here's my thing on this, and I'm going to say this right now. When you have something, I think at that point in time, uh, let everybody know. Because the rest of us are trying to still figure out what's the most important thing in America now that America's fallen apart, which is not true. Uh, you know, that whole misleading poll that came out the other day with... With, uh, you know, it's like, America's falling apart. The world's come to an end. And I just, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that their best days are behind us. Uh, I don't buy that our our America is this this amazing, incredible, you know, uh, experiment in democracy and self-governing is over. I don't buy any of that stuff. And I look at the poll and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I buy into a lot of that poll. First and foremost, Steve Kornacki, I thought, broke it down. We have to look at a lot of different things that matter. Now, so what matters? What matters to you? What matters to me? If you're a Democrat, stuff matters to you. doesn't matter to Republicans. If you're a Republican, stuff matters to you. Then maybe it doesn't matter to, to, to the old uh, people out there that are on the left side of the aisle. That question of what is the top issue facing the country to voters, this is the overall result you're going through here. I think what's striking, there's a couple things that are striking about this here. Number one is take this a step further and break this down by party because you got two different universes here among democrats you can see again number one issue is threats to democracy 28 percent but among democrats they say abortion that's the second choice of democrats in terms of being the top issue facing the country okay so that's among democrats and let's be real both sides have a worry over over the threat to democracy and we'll break it down in a little bit that's what i like to do i like to break it down right you give it to me and i'm gonna keep it simple stupid i'm gonna break it down for you but abortion number two abortion i was reading some today was it one in three women will no longer have access to aborting their baby you made it sound like you're killing something i'm just saying one in three women will not have access to that that being said I've, you guys know uh, where I stand on the whole choice thing, so I won't relive it. But the reality is, is that's that's a big issue for them. Okay, continue on, Steve. Now you look at the Republican side; the top issue facing the country to Republican voters is not the rest of democracy. Although I think it's probably worth noting. 16% of Republicans do cite threats to democracy, which raises the question of when you say threats to democracy, are you, are, does it mean one thing to Democrats and something else to Republicans? That might complicate you know, the meaning there, depending on who you're asking. Yes. Okay, so let's break this down. Keep it simple, stupid. The Republicans look at the deniers, right? The, the people, the, the fake electorates that they tried to roll out there in Texas and a few other places. 
That is their threat to democracy. Trump is the threat to democracy. He's all that is evil. He's all that's bad. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Right? We could, we could, we've rehashed it all day. The Republicans, though, look at the alphabet agencies as a threat to democracy. The FBI's, right? The, the, the IRS's, the, the continual weaponizing potentially and politicizing of, of you know, these, these organizations and agencies as a threat to democracy, as well as the media. We've talked about this. Go read that Time Magazine article that came out after Trump lost. It is fascinating, but they talk about the Kabul. The Kabul. We, 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 we put together this Kabbalah, this super-duper thing of, of all these organizations that would never talk to each other, never be anywhere near each other, but they had a singular goal, which was to destroy Trump. Sam Harris came out last week and said, yeah, I think it was fine that the media, uh, you know, went after the Hunter Biden thing and blew it up as long as they, the end goal was to get Trump out. That's how they look at his threat to democracy. So both of them are looking at a threat to democracy, but it's two separate areas. Two separate areas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one is still, well, it was always number one, right? It's always business. But Republicans say one-third of them uh, call the border and immigration the top issue facing the country. Only 2% of Democrats say that, and only 3% of Republicans say that abortion is the top issue facing the country. So it's interesting, Democrats five times more likely than Republicans to cite abortion as the top issue facing the country. Republicans 15 times more likely than Democrats to cite immigration or the border as the top issue facing the country. And I think one other thing to we can lose sight of is cost of living, jobs, economy. Uh, you, you know, we separate them out here, but they really could arguably fall under one umbrella there. Yes, and that's that's the reality. It still falls under one umbrella. When you say jobs, I think of jobs, the economy. When you say inflation, I think of the economy. Right? I mean, I just, what are we thinking about? Cost of living. I think of economy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. So when you put those together, guess what happens? They jump and they have a plurality. But it's a lead when it comes to what are you worried about the most? It's still the economy, stupid. Because we're we are a checkbook nation. I don't know how many times I tell you this. It will continue to be a checkbook nation. It will. All the other things, yes, they matter. But if your life is good and you're paying your bills and you're not worried about losing your job, right? And you've you've got some money in the bank, uh, you're gonna spend and you're gonna do things a little bit different than. Other times. Oh, yeah, I guess I could see that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. One of the things that's very interesting as we head into midterms is uh, people are asking the question, a question that's going to get a lot louder after midterms. I honestly thought that's when it would really get loud. Uh, You know, about Biden. Is he going to be around? Is he not going to be around? His approval rating is Question we're always looking at here in midterm election years. President's job approval rating, and you see Joe Biden in our new poll, 42% approved, 55 disapproved. It's been a few months since the last NBC poll back in May, and the change since then, really no change. Biden's approval rating exactly the same in our poll toward the end of the summer as it was as the summer was beginning. And the key to this, of course, obviously, 
there usually, historically, has been a pretty strong link between a president's job approval rating and how his party does during midterm elections. Yeah, and that's what the Republicans are looking at. Can they hold... Can they can they gain some ground in areas right now they're losing? And can the areas where they where they know that they're it's gonna be a tight race, but they're gonna win, can they hold that ground and somehow win? And I don't know if that's true. I mean, yes, uh, listen, Mitch McConnell is is spot on last week when he said we have uh, we've got some you know quality of candidate issues, and there's no doubt about that. So the issue this fall, the big issue is if you want Chuck Schumer to be making these decisions or Mitch McConnell to be making these decisions. Because I assure you they would be dramatically different. I like how Mitch went super third person as if Mitch is not in the room. If both the House and the Senate flip, I think the president will be a moderate. (laughs) He won't have any choice. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I look around. I don't know what's going to happen in Arizona with Blake Masters versus Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly got some endorsements from a lot of some some a fair amount of Republicans and some people who are Republican leaning, uh, even though he's a Democrat, but he's very kind of centrist uh, on the other side of it. You go and look at Georgia and, and let's be real. Herschel Walker is a nightmare. There is if you've not watched anything that has to do with Herschel Walker and his campaign, he is uh, just a, a flub machine. From the whole thing with the kids to many other things, he just is not strong. The one thing that has to go, and he's in Georgia, right? He's a he's a god in Georgia. Went to the University of Georgia, won the Heisman, right? I think he took him to a uh, uh, didn't he win a national championship? I mean, this guy is 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 all that is Georgia. So even all the continual flub after flub after flub, he's still in the running. But he is not a great candidate. And then you go look at Dr. Oz, and he's like, that guy's not a good candidate either. Luckily, he's running against a guy who's got a lot of other issues as well. Speaking of elections, we'll talk a bit about that. New York and Florida have elections today. We'll find out who takes on Ron the Evil DeSantis. That should be his name if he had a boxing name. Because everybody thinks he's evil. I do not think Ron DeSantis is evil. I think a lot of people look at him on the right as, hey, he's a lot of what Trump was without the baggage. Oh, so uh, who will he take on? Talk about that. Uh, plenty of other stuff. Some immigration news. We got a lot of good stuff to get to. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Irmaha steaks are delicious. Uh, don't know what I'm going to have tonight. Got home late last night. Didn't have a chance. The kids had eaten the dinner. I uh, tell you guys about that a little bit later. But I will say this: Omaha steaks are incredible. So we did pull the trigger. So I got the All American package, and it's got. The fillets, which are incredible, but the boneless, uh, uh, you know, pork chops, the air boneless, uh, air chilled boneless chicken breast, and you know all this incredible stuff that tarts, you know, the the caramel apple tartlets, and so much more. And it was awesome. We saved big, right? But then they threw in the twelve free Omaha steak burgers. But I love this. They also have another package right now, and it's build your own perfect menu package. And I just told my wife, I said, I want, I love the pork chops. So we just got a whole grip of pork chops, and it's delicious. Plus, they threw in 12 free Omaha Steak Burgers. Those are your two packages to choose from. You're going to save over 50%, by the way, in the all-American assortment. And the meat, the taste, naturally aged, incredible, just so delicious, juicy, awesome, awesome. The only way this doesn't taste good is because you don't know how to grill. 
So make sure you know how to grill. But the best taste, and you will love these. 100% money-back guarantee, unconditional. You don't like it, you send it back. What do you got to lose? Right now, go to omahsteak.com, uh, and you're going to get 12 free burgers with either of these packages. That includes the All-American Assortment or the Build Your Own Perfect Menu. Those two, you're going to get 12 free Omaha Steak Burgers. And all you have to do is type code Benson in at omahasteaks.com. Go to the uh, little search bar there. Type in Benson. omahasteaks.com, keyword Benson. omahasteaks.com, keyword Benson. Chad Benson Show. I usually don't get into politics. As an ordinary suburban housewife, I feel a little disrespected. I teach my children not to name cards. You are a flabberman! A flabberman! Come on, man! Um, guys, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? Chad Benson. Nearly 1,500 flights were canceled in the U.S., nearly 30% of outgoing flights here at Newark alone. Dallas, LaGuardia, Houston, JFK also hit very hard, all areas with severe weather, and many of these are hubs for the airlines, which means that if these have issues, it has an effect across the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, you just need one of those little things to go a little bit south, right? Just that smidge, like one thing not work. One thing that it's like, oh, you know what? We just we don't have the ground crew. We got the pilots, but we don't have any ground crew. We we we've got the ground crew, but we only have one pilot can't fly. I mean, it's man, I'm glad I'm not flying anytime soon. I'm uh driving out to see Jack next week, but it is uh it is gonna be an interesting thing this year. Now normally it slows down from about Labor Day through until November, and then people start traveling again. Are they going to have this mess fixed by then? That is a very good question. I don't know. I don't know. But what they are saying is if you're thinking about booking flights with the potential of flights becoming more expensive because of where oil may go, the fact that it is going to be that time of year where there's going to be a lot less flights and more people competing, if you have a chance to get a flight, now would be the time before prices drop, uh, jump, which inevitably it's going to do. The average price for a pound of coffee today is $6.11. A year ago, it was $4.56. So that means those lattes are going to cost you a lot more. Of course, if you want to save money, you can skip the coffee shop and make it yourself at home. You're going to pay more for coffee at the supermarket still, but it is still cheaper than drinking out. Yeah, I don't... I, uh, I don't know about tea, but I knew coffee's gone up. Because I've heard people complain about it here. Uh, yeah, that's uh, you got you got all kinds of issues with coffee, like everything else. Prices are going to be going up. This goes back to the economy, right? And each one of those issues we talk about, and and we talk about all these issues, they all fold into the economy, stupid. And that is coffee. People don't get that. I've heard more people say, "Man, I just uh, right now, I, instead of going every day and get my favorite X, Y, and Z, uh, I just brew it at home." I'm like, what do you do? I said, I have tea, right? I have a thing of tea, and that's it. Because I have too much tea at times. I will tell you that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens.com slash Chad. 
Uh, Dr. Dennis Black put together this amazing thing. It's a supplement. It goes on top of your dog's food. You'll absolutely see a world of difference in your dog. I've seen it with my dog, in particular, my older dog, Doodle. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff. And I didn't change anything with this food, right? We kept this food the same. We tried all that other stuff, and this was kind of our last gas Hail Mary uh, that we did with Doodle. And lo and behold, here we are about four years later. Doodle's still alive. He's happy. He's got full of, you know, he's full of energy and bounce, and it is awesome. And he is definitely past his sell-by date, but the fact that he is living his best life is a testament to how amazing Rough Green's in. Now, Dr. Dennis Black wants you to try it first, right? So he's going to send you a two-week jump start, right? And, and you're not going to pay anything but the cost of shipping, and he's going to send it right to you. Try it now for free. RUFFGreens.com slash chat. RuffGreens.com slash chat. Try it for free today. It is works wonders. Don't change anything other than just sprinkling it on top of your dog's food. RuffGreens.com slash chat. At Chad Benson Show. Twitter, 323-538-2423. It's Chad Benson Show. Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Shocked beachgoers called the police of it fears they'd found a murdered woman. When indeed it looked very real, like a woman that has died or drowned in the water in Thailand. It turned out to be a very real looking silicon sex doll. Silicon sex doll. What? Yeah. How about those apples, huh? Oh, shit. Yeah. Wasn't real. It looked real, actually. And the way that it had washed up on shore. And like they had somebody had put like a uh, like put their coat over it. Like you couldn't tell when you put your coat over it. You didn't roll up there and go, seems weird. I mean, it doesn't really look like a human, but maybe we should call the police anyways. Uh, no word on who is uh, lead suspect in said crime. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty four, twenty three at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us if you didn't see this uh it didn't it is getting a little attention but it didn't get a lot of attention uh the way that it would and i'm gonna say this if this was a black guy and these three white officers were beating him Three law enforcement officers in Arkansas are suspended. Crawford Sheriff's Deputy Zach King and Levi White and Mulberry Police Officer Tell Riddle. As officials investigate, officers seen striking 27-year-old Randall Ray Worcester of South Carolina. He's accused of threatening and spitting on a store clerk at a Mulberry convenience store. The Sheriff's Department saying the suspect turned violent. He is now facing a slew of charges. Yeah. So this uh, Worcester, Worcester character was, he's got a ton of charges against him. Everything from, there's several batteries against him to breaking, uh, you know, uh, I guess trespassing to terroristic threats. They kicked his ass. 
It wasn't even close. They hit him on the ground, and it is tough to watch. It's about 150 miles outside of Little Rock, small little town. They've got three cops that are on top of him. And look, uh, do I think this guy's the salt of the earth? Probably not. Based on a lot of stuff that he was he was also breaking, uh, you know, I guess there was, uh, uh, you know, several different things out against him. But it doesn't mean that you should whoop up on his ass like that. You had three people. You had him on the ground. It looked pretty much like you had him in custody, yet you continued to waylay him. From the moment this video was posted online, it, it spread so quickly, as these videos do. This one's seen all over the country and all over the world, really. And it's a graphic and uh, very visceral and, and, and difficult thing to watch. You see in the frame these three officers uh, on top of a man. They are punching him, uh, kneeing him, uh, kicking him. And at one point, you, you hear the woman, she gasps as she watches the man's head being slammed into the ground. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, absolutely just crushed. And they continued to way, to waylay him. And, you know, yesterday my on-air partner goes uh, locally, he goes, why do you think it's not a bigger story? I'm like, because it's a white dude. I mean, that's it. it. It's sad that we're in that position, that those things matter, but we'd be lying if we didn't say they do. They do. So uh, they beat on Ace Hutchinson, the governor of, of, of Arkansas, came out and said, this is unacceptable. You've had the sheriffs, uh, the head of the sheriffs come out, the chief, he's come out and he said, look, this is, you know, we need to find everything out. But uh, uh, no, no, sorry. Now, the funny thing is, he said, okay, before he has a weapon, all right, and this is what the, the, the you know, the police are talking about. They said, well, but, you know, before this, he's, he's got a weapon. And that's what the uh, uh, Crawford County Sheriff uh, Jimmy DeMonte said. Hey, uh, he did have a weapon, but we think he had already handed the weapon over. I'm like, well, wait a minute here. You're saying he has a weapon. He gave the weapon over, and then you went to town on him. Now, there is no body camera footage, only the footage of this. We don't know what happened before. The police officer saying, look, he attacked one of the officers. He came at one of the officers. It is not a good look. It is not. You thumped this cat. Now, do we know all of the facts and the evidence? We do not. We do not. But what we do know is the look itself, and in a day and age when we go so much on appearance and things of that nature, it is not a good look. When you've got three guys seemingly thumping a guy that has his hands behind his back and who's on the ground, uh, but he also faces a ton of charges pre this incident. The suspect, 27-year-old Randall Warchester, has now been released from jail on a $15,000 bond. Doing pretty good. Lawyers for the deputies say Warchester had attacked and body slammed one of the officers, insisting all necessary force is authorized to arrest this type of violent suspect. While that's not seen in the video, the woman who filmed the arrest told ABC News the suspect was sitting down talking to the cops. It looked fine at first, and then he got up to try to run, and they tackled him to the ground and started hitting him. Now, Again, we don't know all of it, but this is the he said, she said. And we and like with all of these things, we get a, a momentary glance into something that could have been several minutes long before that person started taking the video. It could have been, you know, 15 minutes right there. They're talking to him. 
Uh, you know, he had, you know, he had uh, restraining order, I guess he had broken. I mean, there's several things they're going after him. And I mean, some of like terroristic charges. And I'm like, this seems like a lot. But we don't know what happened prior to this. And they do not have body cameras. They don't. But if you attack and throw a cop, well, you're going to get your ass kicked. And rightly so. But we're not going to know. Now it's going to be he said, he said. And the question is, are there other people that film this? Is there other cameras that film this? But if people are asking the question, why isn't this uh, being really talked about? It's because, unfortunately, we have a media that cares singularly about one area of stuff. And they don't care a lot about the other. If there's nothing there there for them to get behind and push based on their ideology or belief, they're going to just ignore it. They're going to ignore it. You can hear the woman, though. She says, don't beat him up. He needs medicine. The cop yells, back the blank up and get in your car. So we'll see what happens from this. They're all suspended with pay. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty brutal. It was absolutely brutal. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program. Uh, today, you got New York, you got Florida, a lot of stuff uh, happening there uh, as far as the midterms, as people get through the primaries. Again, the big one there is uh, who's taking on who, you know, who, who's the one that's going to get through and take on, you know, the likes of, uh, of DeSantis. If the Democrats are able to hold the Senate, maybe even win a seat or two, that's a pretty good argument for Joe Biden. If they lose control of Congress altogether, that's not the greatest argument. We've heard out there are campaign reporters out on the trail sometimes have a hard time finding Democrats who say that Joe Biden should run again. Yeah. And that includes what's going on in Florida and includes what's going on in New York. Do you see many people in New York who are Democrats through and through who are running? who refuse to answer the question or say that Joe's too old. So why it matters is because even though Joe's not on, quote-unquote, this, he is on this midterm ballot. Trump is on this midterm ballot. That is the reality of what is happening. All of these people are on. The, the You know, if you're at the top of the ticket and you become president, know that you're going to be on the next midterm. What you do, how the economy is going, your foreign policy, etc., etc. And if you're a person running for governor, you've got really six months to make as much noise as possible in your run-up to hopefully winning your governorship or, or, or you know, holding serve, if you will, before you throw your hat into the ring. And no, look, if you're running right now in Florida, you have to know DeSantis isn't sticking around. He's got a bigger, his eyes are, and he could come out and say, I only care about Florida. BS. D- Gavin Newsom, I only care about California. BS. Your eyes are on a huge prize, and that has nothing to do with the governor's mansions in either of your states. We've started to see him campaign a little bit around the country. What that becomes in the in the coming months will be very, very important. The Democrats would love to defeat him before he has an opportunity to run in 2024, but he certainly is the flavor of, of a month and maybe six months. People have been talking about him for a while. Yeah, because I think a lot of people look at him as the heir apparent to Donald Trump. He is all of what many people look at and say 
is the good of Donald Trump. Right. The way that, 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 you know, when you go and you look and he took on, uh, you know, the economy was great and, and they follow a lot of the, they subscribe to a lot of the same beliefs there. And, you know, you go and look at his immigration, what he wants to do, it subscribes and a lot of the beliefs are there the same. All of those things kind of line up. The difference between them is one of them is Donald Trump that comes with all of the baggage. The other one is. Ron DeSantis, that has a lot of Donald Trump, including some of the fight, but he comes also with political acumen, understanding the 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 place in in the political world of which the governor and then eventually, if he became president, the president, and what it means, but also none of the baggage, not twenty four hour nonstop. I mean, they turned the "Don't Say Gay" bill into something that it was never. That the media wanted it to be, but he's not coming with that baggage. People are going to look at him and go, "Oh, uh, uh, is he going to tweet something at two forty in the morning? Is he going to pick a fight with with somebody at you know this afternoon? Is he going to yell at a CNN?" He's not going to come with that same kind of 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 baggage. But it's also weird, right? Because you're like, "Hey, I'm voting for a guy." If you're in Florida, where you're like, "I'm going to vote for a guy that I know only wants this job for a few months before he jumps." That's a you know that's that's interesting. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Budget Show was your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. A lot of stuff still to squeeze in, including I'm going to give you a soccer score in a little bit, and you're going to say mm-hmm, what? But I'll tell you why it matters, and it does matter in in many ways today. Talk about that. A lot of other stuff, including celebs acting bad when it comes to I don't know any of the crap they tell us to do, but that never follow the rules. Raycon, best ear buds around. Summertime is here, right? As we get ready to close out the summertime, you're still working out. You've gone, you know, like, Chad, I've tried all kinds of stuff. What are these ones, these Raycons are different than everybody else? They're incredible. Their fit is amazing. The comfort level is awesome. And the fact that they have uh, noise isolation and awareness mode is amazing. And I love them. I love my Raycons. Now, I've got several pairs of Raycons, and I've had to over the time because uh, I don't know if you guys wear this. I have kids. And kids are thieves. And uh, they're like, hey, Dad, can I borrow something? Which means, hey, Dad, can I take something and never give it back to you? So I have to hide my Raycons. That's how much they love them. And they're incredible. The feel is amazing. The sound quality is second to none. And the price, well, you're going to love it. You're going to pay about a third to a half what you pay for other premium brands. And they got 49,000 five-star reviews, eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. Get your Raycons now. Save an extra 15%. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. And you're a winner right there. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. You know, I can only uh, stand crazy so much, and uh, I am looking. So out here in Arizona, as you know, we've had some issues with elections. Just want to let you know this. 
But uh, uh, Mark Fincham is running to be the Secretary of State. He wants hand counts only. Everybody votes. You have like a 12-hour. I mean, he's come up with all this wacky stuff, right? Totally believe he's one of the, you know, he believes that it was stolen and, you know, all the whole nine yards. They are going back and looking at a lot of weird tweets. And one of the tweets, and this is, I'm like, I got to double, triple check this. Because if this is true, this should automatically disqualify you, period. Apparently, he had shared a post that the Clintons killed Paul Walker. The guy from Fast and Furious? Yeah. 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 That they had, uh, uh, he had shared a post that the Clintons killed Paul Walker. Why would you kill Paul Walker? He was going to come forward and expose the Clinton Foundation and crimes against children in Haiti. I, uh, I don't know what to say at that point. I was like, if you told me that, do I think the Clintons were dirty? Yeah. All you have to do is go look at the foundation. Go look at the amount of donations they had, which was Secretary of State and the run-up to the presidency, and then look at all of the donations they have afterwards and the precipitous drop-off of money flowing in. Then you will be like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a big cash grab. Grifters. They're all grifters. But to say that Paul Walker was killed, holy guacamole. I don't even know if that's true. That's just silly. Told you I was going to give you a soccer story. Now, yeah, now, well, I got to give you one soccer story. Manchester United two, Liverpool one, fantastic. But that's not the score I'm giving you right now. Game ended in a tie. Shakhtar Donetsk nil. Medalist nineteen twenty five nil. Played in Kharkiv, in an empty stadium. The Ukrainian soccer league kicked off today because they are telling everybody. We are strong, we are here, and we are not going to give in. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure that people understand life is going to get back to normal as much as we possibly can. And so the restart of the league took place today, and I find that to be amazing. You started your soccer league knowing full well what was out there, knowing full well that there are people out there that are that are, that are staring around looking and saying okay you know there was nobody in the crowd in some of the areas they're going to have fans in some areas they're not but uh some of the teams dinamo kiev which is probably the most famous team they have there they've been playing for a while in the european uh champions league qualifying but they're getting back to normal and that is huge i love that what have i said since the beginning of this every single day Ukraine survives is a little bit more that Russia loses, right? So they survive, Russia loses. They survive, Russia loses. I love that. I love, love, love that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. They're called celebrities, and they love to tell you to do things. With the Los Angeles area in the middle of a severe drought, there are tight restrictions on the amount of water you're allowed to use at your home, but some well-known names are more hydrated than others. The LA Times saying former NBA star Dwayne Wade and his actress wife Gabrielle Union are the biggest defenders. In May, using almost 500,000 extra gallons, the pair blamed a problem with their pool. Sylvester Stallone, Kevin Hart, and Kim Kardashian also on the water waster list, where the penalties come in the form of fines, then forced flow restrictors. Ooh, you're going to get like a restrictor plate. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. It's not working. They don't care. I paid a lot of money for this yard. I did. So what do you think of those apples? 
Well, you know. And what's it? Nevada, by the way, for those who don't keep your score, they are like limiting the size of pool you can have. Some people have bought pools that are much bigger than they than they're limiting now. So people are going to have like half empty pools. It's crazy. Here's my question: What if it's a saltwater pool? Do I get around it if it's saltwater? Fair question. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Hello. He's stepping down. Let's all take a moment of silence. Thanks and praise to all those out there who love thine Fauci sexual. Conservatives will remember him as the face of the lockdowns and mass. And in that sense, he was unpopular with that segment of the population. But I think in public health circles, he's worked across seven presidents. He won the Medal of Freedom, guided the country through the HIV crisis, Ebola crisis, Zika, and then, of course, the pandemic. Yeah. He did all those. Started under uh, Grover Cleveland. (laughs) He did not yet. He's leaving. He's leaving. Uh, so, so we'll wish you. What is he? Eighty. Uh, I want to say he's eighty-two, eighty-four, eighty-one. He's in hell of good shape. Still jogs every day, right? Does all those things. And yes, he's going to be remembered for the debacle that was not just this. Let's not forget there was more than just the the. You know, people say, "Well, he's gonna," you know, it, 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 it's it, it's what he did here, but the, the AIDS crisis was also on his watch. And I love how they say, you know, he also guided everybody through the Ebola. The Ebola virus wasn't real as far as a crisis in America. We imported it because we had somebody who was an American who was sick. No, Chad, you, you don't understand. I represent science. No, you don't. So having said that, some things look like they're starting to stabilize a bit. And I believe in the next few months, we will do better than we're doing now. I felt, again, I might as well do it now because I want to make sure that when I do leave, I still have the energy and the passion and the health to do the kind of things that I want to do. Yeah. Well, that's good. Look, uh, thank you for your service. I thought you did a uh, bang up job of, uh, you know, look, did, did tr- does Trump make anything easy? The answer to that is no, he does not. He does not make anything easy. You know that. I know that. That being said, you did not help yourself by lying, by being snarky at times, by uh, insulting, and you got a lot of pushback. And, and at times it was absolutely unfair. But the reality is, is you you walk through this because the the media loved you, right? They held you up to to this standard again, the Fauci sexual BS, all of that crap. You go and look at some of the damage that was done, and there was some serious damage done. 
Well, clearly the mandates and the lockdowns and the closing of the schools to virtual learning, all of that was a, was a public health mistake. There's no question about it. But what if everyone that, had gone about their mind. normal roles at the time, doctor, and gone back to work, gone back in crowded situations? You don't think that would have at some level made things even worse? Or in retrospect, you say, no, it wouldn't. Now, remember, that's pre-vaccine. I think if... Yeah, I think, you know, clearly uh, my view was that we take a pause, evaluate how to do things in a safe and responsible way. But shutting down the schools was much greater public health harm to the kids than keeping the schools open. Yeah. And that's Robert Redfield there, who was, uh, you know, a part of this whole thing. Right. He wasn't just somebody who was just coming out and being an absolute critic who doesn't know anything. He, too, is a doctor. He's a virologist. Right. And he just said, hey, look. Uh, this was not good. He ran the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which also was a hot freaking mess. So, no, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was a debacle. And look, and, and here's how I know it's a debacle. My kids, right, they're, they're pretty blessed. And I like to remind that all the time. That, you know, they live a pretty darn good life. Uh, they don't want for anything. Uh, they probably have too much stuff. Uh, but... Uh, uh, the reality is, is, is they were fortunate enough to uh, locally go to a private school. Jack had all of the things he needed. His school at the time was set up because it was a STEM school. They had built stuff in that was spectacular. They had coders that was further ahead than all the other schools I saw there. But my mother and my little brothers, they were a mess. And they're just starting to somewhat catch up. But because politics got in the way, whether it's people hating Fauci or people hating Trump or vice versa, whatever it was, the reality was this. is There was a suffering that went on, especially with kids. And we're going to be paying that price for a while. It's going to take a while for kids to catch up. And some may not catch up. That is in, in the way that you would think. What is it? I read an, uh, a statistic the other day. I'm like, that cannot be real. That half of Americans read at like a sixth grade level? Uh, I'm like, no way. That cannot be real. I mean, how do we how do we function as a society? I mean, that that is amazing. It really is. Let's see here. I'm looking. Uh uh, yeah, yeah. According to 2020, United States education system conducted a you know full report, and we rank 125th for literacy compared to other nations. That is between ages 16 and 74, at or below a sixth grade level. Do you think taking a year and a half off schools for some of these kids is going to help? No, I do not think so. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Speaking of schools, guess what? Kids are going back this week. Now, Jack is back next week, uh, but a vast majority of the nation is back, and you know what that means. Time to get a little woke. Okay, white educators, this one is for you. White educators should be a safe space for black students. Let me say that again. White educators should be a safe space for black students.
Okay, so you should be a safe space. I feel like you're making fun of my chais for, for, for black students, right? So you should be a safe space for black students. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest Please with you. Do. There are many white people, especially white, people yes, white right. strangers, Stranger that I have my worse. guard up. And it's because I'm trying to protect myself from them. I don't know if this is a safe person. And it's the same with children. So if you decide to gloss over instances of racism or decide that Black Lives Matter is a political thing, you're not a safe person. Well, first of all, we know it is political and they spend a ton of money and you don't seem to want to talk about that on things that weren't like because, hey, you know what? You know what really matters to Black Lives Matters? Taking this money and buying all of this real estate. So are you guys understanding that white people? I love this lady, though. This lady goes on a rant here about uh, white women and disciplinarian things that they do in particular in schools. Right. I'm just getting you guys set up for the school year. If you go to Google and literally Google how do white women uphold systems of white supremacy in education, you will get link after link after link after link that answer the question. Historically, our job as white women has been to uphold the status quo. And historically, as white women, we see ourselves as like an extension of the white man. And so with that comes wanting that same power. And one of the biggest ways that we gain that power is through our, our tears. So when we look at that from an educational standpoint, and I'm going to use discipline as an example because it was in the comments, and it's pretty digestible. Like you can clearly see discipline when it's an example. As white teachers, when we say, oh, this student's giving me issues and they're put out of class, that fuels that school to prison pipeline, which is a white supremacist system that we are upholding. Same with other punitive discipline measures. So if a black kid punches somebody even if it's another black child in the head and you discipline them you are now fueling the 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 classroom to prison pipeline dare i say by not disciplining them and by treating them as if they're unable to understand the differences between right or wrong is indeed itself a racist thing Am I right? I think so. That's the this is the the liberal version of racism is black people are too stupid to understand things like discipline. Has it happened in the past that over discipline? Absolutely. But what if the the class is a majority of of of, of kids of color, right? And we're not talking Asians because for whatever reason they're always left out of the equation. But uh, probably because if you go look at their scores, you go look at how many of them go to college, you go look at uh, their their net worth and income, they score above white people, which then destroys a narrative. But let's get back to this. So if it's a school that is maybe, you know, predominantly uh, black, Latino, right, some white kids, and it is disruption black on black disruption brown on black disruption. is it fair for the other kids because you think this kid is 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 we can't we can't discipline that kid because if i discipline him then he may go to jail by not disciplining him you're telling him it's okay to do whatever the hell he wants and i say he because we know come on now we're guys right we're a bunch of smart asses in school and that's there's there's racism right there you're essentially saying hey little person of color 
You don't understand the difference between right or wrong. You're, you, you don't quite get it. Trust me, they get it. And having somebody go, don't do that, that's not how we act. And being harder on them, especially kids who are smart asses like me, it, it can pay dividends in the future. But if your old guilt is, oh, my God, it's, it's so bad, and then if I, I'm perpetuating the, the school-to-prison pipeline if I discipline them. So you're going to let somebody run wild and break stuff, even if it means disrupting a classroom of kids who are also people of color because you feel that this kid could doesn't get it, that's okay, and somehow that is being caring? No, that's being racist. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Eden Pure. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Get the greatest, the best, the most amazing air purifier ever. It's called the OxyLeaf 2 Thunderstorm. And it is awesome. Plug it straight into the wall. And what happens? Voila. It eliminates odors. It doesn't mask odors. It eliminates odors. It, is, it almost leaves behind a little, a little hint of, of a thunderstorm. But it is incredible. You never have to buy filters. They're super quiet. They're small. They're out of the way. You just plug them in and go on with your life. And right now, EdenPureDeals.com, you go there and use code CHAT3, you're going to get $200 off a three-pack of these, and you will love these. Plus, they're going to throw in free shipping. Do it now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Get the greatest, the best air purifier around, the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. And uh, you will smell the difference in minutes. I promise you. Wherever you got a problem in the house that's got situation where you've got some stank going on, you watch what happens here. EdenPureDeals.com. Code Chad3. Free shipping. Save $200. EdenPureDeal.com. Use code Chad3. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? So I know what's trending in the old webs of the enter in the net, shall we, kids? Oh, let's start. Big time. Uh, let's start with Google. Uh, biggest thing yesterday, Anna Mani. Anna Mani, Indian meteorologist honored with a Google Doodle. Two million people probably thought, what's this? Manny and I at Liverpool, trending big time. Yeah, Dallas flooding. Fauci retiring. Oh, he did. Yeah, he retired. Top Gun Maverick. Stream it or skip it. Video on demand. Are you going to stream it or skip it? I will probably watch it. I'm going to say this. I will at some point. Fetty Wap. We'll get to him in a little bit. He's going to jail. Five years. At the minimum. You mean the guy that wrote Trap Queen is going to jail for drugs? Shocker indeed. News at 11. Head over to uh, Twitter where we're all angry because why not? Oh, my. Jeez. Kobe Bryant's birthday. No one trending anything right now. That uh, Tuesday vibes. Co- Kobe's birthday. Election Day in New York and Florida. It's primaries. Nobody's getting elected today. But uh, this will uh, say a lot. Fauci. Absolutely trending. Some things bad. Some things good. Welcome to the world that we live in. Right? Lots of uh, disdain for everybody out there. Dr. Oz, Hollywood Walk of Fame star, has been edited, fact checkers say. Does he got a star on the Walk of Fame? Are you kidding me? 
Is that what we do now? I mean, it's very political, right? You, for you guys don't know, I worked with uh, one of the greatest disc jockeys of all time, Robert W. Morgan. And uh, he had a star on the Walk of the Fame. I think he was the first DJ, him and Alan Freed, to get their names in the star on the Walk of Fame. And uh, before Robert died, they, they had to move it because they were tearing up downtown. And they made sure they put it back. But uh, I did not know that Dr. Oz got his star on the Walk of Fame. I was unaware that they did that for the Oz. I don't know how he's going to do. The fact that that guy is not blowing him away also says that they're not really sure about uh, Fetterman, who is running against Dr. Oz for a lot of reasons. One of those is the fact that he had a stroke. And the people that have seen him out places say they are not sold that he is going to be 100%. Could you imagine if you lost that race? You're Dr. Oz, and you lose that race to a guy who had a stroke and is not 100%. And Manti Teo is trending as a reaction to fans outpouring of support for his Netflix documentary. I had a uh, buddy here, Steve. He's one of our local producers. He saw the Manti thing. Now, if you don't remember, Manti Teo uh, plays in the NFL. He uh, was a star at Notre Dame, and he got catfished. It was a big deal. And this is the Netflix uh documentary about it and it was a very interesting thing because i asked uh, steve i said really what's it you know not to give it away but uh we already know the story but he goes they they let the the guy that's now trans uh off the hook right like there was no like real like super backlash it was a trip he totally got catfished three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at chad benson shows your twitter talk maybe a little immigration coming up four-day work week in britain as uh, people here are slowly returning to the office, they're having more and more issues with uh, with getting people to come back. They're like, don't you want to come back? Ford is doing something today that should maybe make some people think. We'll talk about that as well. A lot of stuff still to squeeze in. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. I'm going to paint a picture for you guys, okay? I'm going to paint a picture for you. Little League World Series. We got two things to talk about from the Little League World Series. What do you mean we're talking about? We're just settle down. But I'm painting the picture. Little kids sitting there, covered in cotton candy. That's just little leaguers being little leaguers right there. Hey, next week's Sunday night baseball matchup should be a good one. That's uh, rabbits there. It's ESPN. It's all over, right? That's just little leaguers being little leaguers. That's what he says. Little leaguers, little leaguers, little leaguers. It's a black kid who's got cotton candy on his head. Racism. <sighs> that's 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 where it goes. Somebody from the Huffington Post saw it, tweeted it out about you know it's racism. Uh, 
So it's during the broadcast of an MLB Little League Classic. So that if you guys don't know that the Major League Baseball teams play it, you know, there and, you know, play a game, not in the actual field. Although it'd be hilarious, right? It would be like 105 to 77 or something because the field is so small. But uh, they showed a Midwest player was shown uh, with filling from a stuffed animal uh, given away at the game. Uh, and uh, reviewing the photos, multiple players in the Midwest team were taking part in this while enjoying the game. As only one player appeared on the broadcast, Little League International understands the action shown could be perceived, perceived as racially insensitive. We have spoken with the player's mother and coaches who have assured us there was no ill intent behind the action during the broadcast. Not good enough for me! All of those kids need disciplinary action. They need to be... taking classes currently about how you joke and what racism is. I know he's your pal and he's your teammate, and you will fight for him and do anything for him, but that's not good enough. And then the other thing that comes from the Little League World Series, and I don't know what to believe here, and I'll tell you why. So if you guys haven't heard this story, uh, Easton uh, uh, Olivson is uh, making great progress. He fractured his skull, not playing. But when you go to the Little League World Series, they all stay in like bunk, you know, like little how like you know, dorm rooms and he supposedly fell and cracked his skull to the point where he was in a coma. He's just he's you know, it's been several days, he's just starting to walk again. And they said he fell while he was sleeping. And the entire time I thought, I don't know if I buy that. I, I don't know if I buy that. Now, I'm not saying anything untoward. I'm not saying that, you know, you know. first of all, he's a white kid, so take away the racism thing. Uh, I'm not saying that his his buddies treated him like, you know, Corporal Pyle. They all came in and whooped up on him. But I feel like there was probably some monkeying around, horsing around. Uh, uh, what else can you say? You know, just uh, some, some, some kids being little leaguers being little leaguers. 12-year-olds being 12-year-olds. And maybe something happened. Now, is it possible that he fell? It is. Uh, the good news is he's walking. He has shown great signs of recovering. But uh, I remember, man, we went to uh, England. First time I was there with my team. I'd gone over and, 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 and like, played with, like, singular teams over there. And But the first time I went over, I think it was 12 with my team. We were out of control. I couldn't even, like, what that was like for my mom and all of the team managers and stuff. I could... Because we're all in these, we're staying in college dorms in England, and we're bunk beds, and we're crazy, and we're, we're, we're breaking things. So could I foresee that something could have gone awry, and nobody wants to say anything? I think it's possible, because they're afraid. I get it. I get it. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Work. First of all, uh, employers are having a tough time getting people to come back to work. Uh, that's not a shock. People ask, well, where are all the workers? Well, here's what workers are doing. They are doing something very interesting. They're piecemealing their careers. They can make a hundred bucks here. They can make 500 bucks there. They can make, you know, little things here and there, buying, selling, uh, you know, working a couple nights a week, uh, driving, whether it's for Uber or Lyft or, or, you know, Grubhub or any one of those. And they're putting together, 
enough money to survive and give themselves freedom. And especially as we're in a time of uncertainty when it comes to the, the, the economy as a whole. But I found this to be very interesting, and this is something we've been talking about. The layoffs are coming soon. Now, for some businesses, they don't need to lay off. They never were able to replenish, and they're even short. Even if they decided, hey, we need a few more people, they may not get them for a while. But for others, well... Ford's CEO, Jim Farley, along with the executive chairman, Bill Ford, announcing layoffs this morning. The company will eliminate 3,000 white-collar jobs and contract jobs worldwide. This as the company cuts costs to make the transition to electric vehicles. Yeah, Uh, they're blowing these things out. And the reason is simple. In many, uh, many cases, the... They've overhired, right? So you've got a lot of people that are currently middle management. <laughs> they don't need middle management. Not now. We don't need this many middle management. I had uh, uh, back in the dot-com, like, boom days when things were just taken off. I had a buddy who worked at, I think it was, it was at the time it was either Yahoo or it was, like, Netscape or one of those. And they had so much money that one day they shut all the doors to the place. And they had people walking around asking, what do you do here? Like, what is your actual specific job? And he goes, there were some people that had no desk. They were just walking around. They're getting paid. Well, in middle management, yeah, you can afford to cut there because in many places, they've overstacked that position. So I could see that. Do I think that we're going to have a, a, a massive collapse any day soon? No, but I do think a lot of jobs that are going to be coming are going to be those contractors are going to be leaving. You know, we could bring this in-house, uh, several other things that you're going to see like that, including more middle management that is going to, to, to suffer. The, the higher, higher end and the lower, lower part, I think will be fine, at least for a while. And then on the other side, you've got countries going, you know what? Ah, I think I don't know if I want to work this many hours in this many days. Red means don't disturb. This traffic light system, just one of the ways this London PR firm is trying to squeeze five days' work into four. That was the single most transformative thing for us. People put the light on red. You have to respect it. 70 companies across the UK are now more than two months into this experiment, moving staff to a four-day week but keeping their pay the same in the hopes that they get the same amount of work done as four. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to become popular. I think if you're trying right now to recruit people, a four-day work week is something that is, I think people are going to be staring at going, mm, can we do four days? Yeah, I think you can. You know, you now you could get four, four 10-hour days, right? You could you could easily do that. Uh, I've always been the person, and again, I, I it's a much different world that I live in. It's like you've got to get it done uh, by Friday, right? And then you go and you do your gig and you get it done by Friday. If you get it done by Tuesday, fine, whatever. You get it done by Friday at the deadline, it's done. But it's, I think a lot of people are looking, again, at ways to energize and get people back. And the other thing is, how much time, if we're honest with ourselves, how much time do we waste at work? We probably work five, six hours a day, maybe. Now, some things are are a little bit different. But there is a lot of wasting going on in offices across not just Britain, but the entire globe. There are now clear limits on meeting times and strict handovers required so that half the team can get Mondays off 
and Half Get Fridays. Why did you take part in this experiment? It was really, really simple. In fact, we were in the middle of the pandemic. I was so afraid for myself, but also for the team that we were just burning out really, really quickly. And I started thinking about ways to help with this. It was a rocky start. We missed things, people didn't sort of communicate well with each other, things got dropped, and it felt like, what have I done? Yeah, yeah. It takes a while to getting used to. It's just like working at home does. But once you get it up and running, I think you find a happy, and a lot of that is, uh, you'll maybe make less to work someplace you love, right? That you love, and you know, man, I, I, you know, I, I got my job on, you know, cruise control. I can kind of get away with murder. Uh, I love the people there. I don't hate going to my job. While some other places, unless they're paying you something astronomical somewhere else, you may say, eh, you know, now they're letting me work from home one day a week, and then they give us only a four-day work week. So really, I am home, you know, uh, as much as I'm at work. That's that's a that's a big selling point. Critics, though, have previously argued the four-day week would end up raising costs for business. No, I don't believe so. This isn't going to happen all at once, but we believe that we are at the beginning, even though the five-day work week and the nine-to-five is the most common work arrangement today, it's not the only work arrangement. So different versions of reduced work time will need to be put in place for different sectors of the economy. Yeah, I could see that. I can. But it is... You know, for me, I, I love I love what I do, so I don't hate my gig. But if I hated my gig and someplace was offering me a four-day work week and someplace was offering me a five-day work week, I'm taking a four-day work week, all things being evil, e e equal. right? But I love my gig, so I work 24-7. It really doesn't bother me. The team, though, those early challenges were worth it. I'm really, really enjoying it. I think my mental health is honestly so much better. I feel like I'm a better friend on my fifth day, so I feel like I have more space to be there for my friends and be there for my family. Are people actually working less, or are they just sort of packing it into the four days and the evenings and the weekends no. and working secretly? Is it really working less time? Definitely, definitely. I yeah. So we'll see. I think that's going to become something that businesses may have to offer. At least now. Now, the job market gets really tight and it becomes an employer's market. Different story. Right now, I could see that. And if you would you like that, a four day work week, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that'd be awesome. As long as I wasn't making less money, I'm fine with the same responsibility and getting stuff done. But yeah, sign me up. 323 538 2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Ruff Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. The best thing I've ever done for my dog, Doodle. Uh, I have a buddy here, uh, Pablo, one of our local producers for my show here locally. And he had an older dog, and uh, he was going to put him to sleep. I said, did you just try Rough Greens? His dog changed. He goes, man, he had more energy, and it, it was amazing. Finally, though, he had to put his dog to sleep, but he goes, I got like an extra 16 months. And his dog was a big dog. Doodle, my dog Doodle, I talk about all the time, a tiny dog. And he goes, the only thing I did was change uh, change over to Rough Greens. Yeah. So imagine what happens if you start your dogs young, how healthy your dog's going to be through. The supplements got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff. You sprinkle it on top of your dog's food, and voila, watch what happens. Right now, Dr. Dennis Blacks wants you to try it before you buy it. How do you do it? You go to roughgreens.com slash Chad, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go right there, get a free bag. You cover the cost of shipping. Voila. It's a win for everybody. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show.
Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say If you don't have a purpose for them personally, you can use them as upcoming birthday parties or holidays. You can buy those gifts now, or you can try reselling them with companies like Card Cash, Raise, and Clipcard. Just know that those services may only honor part of the value typically. Yeah, Rebecca Jarvis, they're talking about people that have got so many unused cards. And remember what I was talking about? People trying to figure stuff out. People trying to take money and make it somewhere. Oh, man, I got $500 unused cards. Well, there's $200 right there. There's $400 cash right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's ways that people can go about, again, making money. That's where it is, man. We're in a gig. We're in a hustler's economy. Hustler. We were talking about Brian Stelter, who was uh, completely did not read the room. And apparently he was upset because he thought on Sunday after his final show of uh, – what the hell was the name of his show? <laughs> Responsible Media? Reliable Sources. Reli- wasn't even close, was I? <laughs> Responsible Media. Reliable Sources that Brian Stelter thought that he was going to have a send-off, that everybody was showing up, Don Lemon, and, you know, maybe, maybe you know, all the other, you know, where's Anderson Cooper, right? Nobody, not even his staff gave him a, you know, he's just, he's just walking out a sad man. And I'm like, dude, you not read the room, Right? You like they took Jeffrey Tubin back if they had to before you. He got back. Now they're both gone, but the reality is is you you didn't you didn't understand that? You were pious, you were you were obnoxious. The only people that watched you were people that thought you were a buffoon. And you know, we would make fun of you on, you know, every couple Mondays just because you would say something so insane. Like, yes, I'm completely unbiased journalist straight down the middle. You can't find anybody more unbiased than me. I have blinders on, only seeking the truth. Donald Trump is absolutely a Russian spy. You know, I mean, it's just you you lost the plot and nobody showed up because you're that guy who thinks first night of American Idol, right? Like, you know, and the, the, when it first was really neat and it was, it was taking over the country and that you're showing up and everybody's telling you how great you are around your little sphere right your wife and your mom and your and then you get up there and you do your thing and then simon looks at you and says you're awful and then you go out and your friends are like no you're amazing no you weren't you weren't very good you just weren't that's it maybe a great writer but, oh, my Lord, reliable. What I call it? Responsible media? Not even close to being responsible media. Speaking of media. Do you think the realm will ever accept me as their queen? Seems Game of Thrones fans had no trouble accepting House of the Dragon, the prequel to the smash hit HBO series. 9.9 million people watched the premiere Sunday night on HBO and HBO Max, a record for a new show on HBO. Sure, it helped that it was set in a world people were already familiar with. And the numbers are expected to grow as we get the first full week figures. If House of the Dragon can build on that number week to week, it'll easily be one of the most watched shows on all of TV, broadcast or cable. Yeah, uh, several people saw it, said it was good. Uh, Lots of violence, a little bit more sex than people thought. Okay, there you go. I mean, do I, I, I haven't watched the original Game of Thrones. Maybe I should watch it like this. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Speaking of fantasy world, 
Apparently nobody's ever seen this thing called Jurassic Park. The last Tasmanian tiger, or thylacine, died in captivity in 1936. So there is actual video of that creature. More importantly, there's well-preserved genetic material, which could make reassembling the genome possible in the next decade. The thylacine looks like a cross between a wolf, a fox, and a tiger, but it's actually a marsupial. The goal is to reintroduce that carnivore back into the wild in Tasmania. What's unknown is the potential impact on an ecosystem that's adjusted to life without it. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they they uh, they bring it back. Could it happen? Absolutely. Will it happen? I don't know. But I will tell you this. There is a great movie. I think it's called Hunter. It stars Willem Dafoe, who's creepy, as we all know. But a great actor. About him going out into the Tasmanian dev, uh, Tasmanian outback to hunt for, they believe they have caught uh, glimpses of it, the last Tasmanian tiger, and they want its blood maybe to replay. It's just a very interesting movie. And that thing is, it's cool looking. I'll tell you that. Like, of all the things you look at, you're like, all right, if we're bringing that, that, that we can handle. Now, if you guys make him 12 feet tall, we're going to have a conversation. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson got a lot of text from people yesterday about uh what we were talking about with the whole insanity of the poll from nbc say ah you know uh, most people think that uh, democracy is threatened uh, look is democracy could it have trouble of course you know this again you know we talk about this great experiments that that is america and you know we're a democratic republic i have to remind everybody of that uh, but, you know, as great as this experiment is, it's still an experiment and it's very young. I mean, you go look at the Roman Empire it lasted how long? So much longer that, that we're still a pup in so many ways. You know, we've got self-rule. We, we, we are taking the average person in theory, in many cases in politics, the less than average person and telling them, hey, less than average person, uh, you're fantastic. Uh, do this great job here for us because we don't want to do it. But, you know, do I really believe that the average person, if you will, is going, oh, the threat to democracy is the thing that keeps me up at night? I do not at all. I don't. I don't think that. I think in many cases uh, it is it's not that it is a lot of things and not that that's not important. And both sides have their threat to democracy side, right? So, you know, Sam Harris came out last week and he talked about, look, to get rid of Trump, the, the best thing that we could do is uh, at all cost, right? You know, you can go back and look at that Time article that came out right after Trump was lost the election that all of they call it the cabal, right? All of these groups get together, groups that would normally not associate with one another get together 
you know, hundreds of millions of dollars are, are, are poured in from the Facebooks of the world and the whole nine yards to essentially stop Donald Trump at the media in many cases. And Sam Harris comes out and says, yeah, if, if the Hunter Biden thing could have hurt Biden from getting elected, then, yeah, glad that the media shut it down and said it was fake, because at the end of the day, it was a greater good to get rid of him. That's a threat to democracy. On the other side, denying the election was real. Denying the election, uh, you know, actually is a, a real, genuine election is also a threat to democracy. So both of them have their issues when it comes to the whole democracy thing. But when you start breaking things down, the average person isn't waking up in the middle of the night going, I don't know if democracy is going to survive. Because they're thinking, man, I got to get the kids to school. You know, many people waking up at like two in the morning going, oh, good. I got another two hours before I have to get up or three hours before I got up. Steve Kornacki kind of broke some stuff down about this. Uh, well, you know, what is going on in the world of politics and breaks down some of these things. And Republicans and Democrats, they're worried about different things. That question of what is the top issue facing the country to voters. This is the overall result you're going through here. I think what's striking, there's a couple things that are striking about this here. Number one is take this a step further and break this down by party because you got two different universes here among democrats you can see again number one issue is threats to democracy 28 percent but among democrats they say abortion that's the second choice of democrats in terms of being the top issue facing the country so you got threats to democracy and abortion okay and oddly enough because of democracy the abortion issue is out there because of democracy, the opportunity to to put people in place, to vote on people to put into the Supreme Court that decided that they were going to kick it back down to the states, which is the beauty of our republic here. And the states would therefore decide things. It, that's an odd situation when you think about it, you break it down, you're like, oh, yeah, how about that? So you've got, again, two different worlds. You know, uh, abortion is a big deal. For Republicans, not so much. Democracy is a huge deal. For Republicans, it is, but not like that, because they think that the, the man is out to get them, and the man is the bureaucrats and the evil that is. But when I ask the average person, do you worry about the threats to democracy? They say, nah, nah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't like what Trump and the, the, the naysayers were doing, or I didn't like what, what Hillary and they did for four years. They all have the thing, but it is, it's a lot of different things. Immigration is not going to be high on the list for Democrats. I guarantee it will be for Republicans. Now, you look at the Republican side, the top issue facing the country to Republican voters is not the rest of democracy, although I think it's probably worth noting 16 percent of Republicans do cite threats to democracy, which raises the question of when you say threats to democracy. Again, the threats to democracy, we just pointed out two separate things. One of them is that deep state kind of field that's pushed out there of, you know, the lying to get FISA warrants, the using the, 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 you know, the alphabet name groups to come for you, the FBI and, and all. That's the threat to democracy that the re Republicans worry about comparatively to what the Democrats worry about, which is, you know, putting in place election deniers and things of that nature. Are you, are, does it mean one thing to Democrats and something else to Republicans? That might complicate, you know, the meaning there, depending on who you're asking. But Republicans say one third of them uh, call the border and immigration the top issue facing the country. Only 2% of Democrats say that. And only 3% of Republicans say that abortion 
is the top issue facing the country. So it's interesting. Democrats, five times more likely than Republicans to cite abortion as the top issue facing the country. Republicans, 15 times more likely than Democrats to cite immigration or the border as the top issue facing the country. And I think one other thing to we can lose sight of is cost of living, jobs, economy. Uh, you know, we separate them out here, but they really could arguably. Fall. And this is where I love the fact that Steve Kornacki brings it up when other people don't. When you look at these polls yesterday, America's in, uh, you know going the wrong way. People worry about democracy, blah, blah. What's the number one issue? Well, it's a threat to democracy. To me, I don't think you can parse out, well, uh, economy, inflation, uh, jobs. Uh, they're one in the same, right? They're all in the same sphere. They are, right? Like It's like saying, well, the third baseman doesn't play baseball, but the first baseman does. Does? No, no. They're all playing baseball. We separate them out here, but they really could arguably fall under one umbrella there, economic related. And if you do add them together, you still would have a plurality saying either inflation or jobs in the economy clocking in as the top issue, 30 percent. Yeah. Topping at at, at the top issue. Yeah. One hundred percent. That's and I I think that's the reality, because we live in a day to day world where we deal in day-to-day things like paying our bills, right? I mean, how many people think that we're in a recession? A good, a vast majority of people that believe that we're in a recession or that we're very close to a recession. You can change up the wording however you want, but that's not good. It isn't. And what have I always cited is consumer confidence. If you believe something, so you're out there and you're saying to yourself, what do you mean if you believe something? If you believe that we are struggling. If you believe that we are in a recession, then in your mind, you're going to live in a much different way. You're not going to be as willy-nilly with your money, right? You're going to maybe do uh, stay extra and not charge your boss for that because you're worried about keeping your job. Little things like that really are the driver because your confidence in what's going on isn't all there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. I tell you what, uh, uh, we're going to get to it. We got to it a little bit earlier, but the efforts by CEOs to push walkers, workers back to the office are failing. And uh, if you guys haven't heard, check out the podcast. But it is so funny because, you know, getting people to come back to the office, people ask, well, where'd everybody go? We, we got all these jobs, but, you know, uh, where'd everyone go? Uh, they piecemeal their life together that's the number one thing people are doing right now they're they're piecemealing their life together they may have three part-time jobs one of them is selling something on etsy or ebay right and the other one is driving for grubhub or uber and then the third one might just be a regular old part-time job somewhere oh yeah yeah i could see that so you put all that stuff together and they're making near as much as they were in other places. And so getting people to come back to the office is tough, especially when people spend a lot of time at home, found some work balance life. I'll be honest with you. I'm taking a vacation next week. Coming back has gotten so much harder, especially because, uh, you know, uh, when I was when I was alone and, you know, I didn't see Jack as much. It was not a big deal. I like to work. Right? I love to work, by the way, still to this day. But now with Charlie and we have so much, you know, her and I are so close and we do so many different things. It's tough. I love my wife. We like hanging out. The girls, we do so many fun things. And it's it's a tough thing. 
you know, finding that work-life balance. And I work, and, and for me, you know, maybe it would be a 15-hour day as opposed to an 18-hour day, because I do love my job. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, hello, fresh. That's what I say to you, hello, and then fresh. Last night, got home, uh, the girls ate my food. <laughs> So uh, it was uh, it was awesome. They made me uh, this burger from HelloFresh. And if you guys don't know anything about HelloFresh, you're going to know about it. It is market fresh, delicious selections in the taste of summer that get delivered to your house immediately every week with different choices. So yesterday I wanted to have this uh, onion crunch. I mean, this grilled onion cheeseburger. And the girls and, and my wife had, had kind of, you know, snacked all the way through it. So I was like, ah. It is awesome. The food is delicious, and it is fresh, right? Restaurant-worthy, incredible. You're going to get tons of complimentary sides, desserts. Everything's delivered right to you. Wholesome, fresh ingredients. Number one priority. And on top of that, really portion right, because I think we, we, we can, let's be real, we can all overdo it. And the other big thing is, so easy to make, right? So you take it out of the box, and you're like, okay, fresh food. It took less than a week to get here from market you know, or from the farm to, to, the, to the market or to the table. And you go and you look through it and you're like, okay, here's the card. It says it's going to take 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 35 minutes. And this is what you do. It's that simple. The best app in the world, 55 different weekly options to choose from most of any meal kit. And right now you're going to get 16 free, free, 16 free meals delivered dire- directly to you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Benson16. HelloFresh.com slash Benson16. On top of that, over those seven boxes, those 16 meals, you'll get three free gifts. HelloFresh.com slash Benson16. HelloFresh.com slash Benson16. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Dr. Fauci says after more than 50 years of government service, he's not retiring, but instead is pursuing the next phase of his career while he still has the energy and passion. This December, the 81-year-old plans to leave his roles as the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director and White House Chief Medical Advisor. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, Fauci played critical parts in guiding the U.S. response to past health crises, including HIV-AIDS and the Ebola virus. Yeah, how about that? Huh? The Fouch is out. What? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's become less of a voice. I think a lot of you know. I, I last night. This is. I, I'm watching a new show. It's called Sprung. It's very entertaining. Uh, it is on. Uh, f- is it Five E or Freevee? And uh, Martha Plimpton stars in it. It's a really. It's a very interesting show about these. Uh, these guys are in jail, and they open up the doors and say, look, uh, we got to kick you guys to the curb because everybody's worried about coronavirus, and they're looking to throw nonviolent offenders out. So the nonviolent offenders are, 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 are sent out, and it's these, you know, these two guys, one guy named Rooster, the other guy named Jack. It's, it's hilarious, and they go to stay with Rooster's mom, Martha Plimpton, and it is when the coronavirus is first starting, and it is hilarious because they're replaying so much of what we did at the beginning of this based on all kinds of stuff, and I was just laughing my ass off. It was like, everybody's don't touch your face, don't get near anything, you know, don't, you know, it was just hilarious, and I I told my wife, I said, I think we're going to look back at this, well, we're looking back at that now, but I think we're going to look back, and our kids are going to look back, what the hell were you guys thinking? We're like, ah, we don't know, we weren't thinking. I mean, you know, you and I, most of you listening right here, 
Uh, I was never a denier. I knew there was something out there. My issue was the way we handled it. And it was awful. And we know that. And case in point, uh, this is somebody who, well, you know, he's not thrilled by the way that we handle things and understands that, you know what, we, we, we jacked the pooch. Well, clearly the mandates and the lockdowns and the closing of the schools to virtual learning, all of that was a, was a public health mistake. There's no question about it. But what if everyone had gone about their mind. normal roles at the time, doctor, and gone back to work, gone back in crowded situations? You don't think that would have at some level made things even worse? Or in retrospect, you say, no, it wouldn't. Now, remember, that's pre-vaccine. I think if, yeah, I think, you know, clearly uh, my view was that we take a pause, evaluate how to do things in a safe and responsible way. But shutting down the schools was much greater public health harm to the kids than keeping the schools open. Yeah. And we're, we're learning that now. And now teachers are feeling it, right? Because they're still struggling with the you know, kids adapting, going back to school. And, and, and they're catching up. And in many cases, not catching up. But that's Robert Redfield. That was the guy who was sitting at the top at the time when all of this stuff was going on. And for all the disdain that people have for Trump, one of the things he said is, what we're doing to kids is awful. And I think a lot of parents realize that. With very little, I mean, and I'm talking about very little evidence that it was doing anything to children. And the evidence that was out there was it was doing nothing to kids. You know, at best, they they, they were, you know, uh, they never felt it. At worst, they felt it for you know, a day, and then they were fine. But we, we, we made this giant jump, and I think for all of that, we're going to look back on the legacy of, of uh, you know, of Fauci as, uh, well, just a nightmare. You lied. Remember at the beginning of this thing when he's like, well, you don't need a mask, and it's not coming here, and that was on Newsmax, he said that. Knowing full well that you may need a mask one day, or they're going to try to mask you up. And he he juxtaposed his condition, I mean, his position a thousand times. And let's not even talk about what potentially happened with the fact that the NIH may have funded some of this stuff, which we're kind of realizing now. Uh, but then, you know, for him, when you watch any of the things about him, it's always about him and his legacy. Conservatives will remember him as the face of the lockdowns and mass. And in that sense, he was unpopular with that segment of the population. But I think in public health circles, he's worked across seven presidents. He won the Medal of Freedom, guided the country through the HIV crisis, Ebola crisis, Zika, and then, of course, the pandemic. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, he was what he was. Uh, period. I mean, he wasn't anything spectacular, I think, at the end of the day. I think he was a bureaucrat that that gave service, and we appreciate that. But I also think that he... You go back and you talk to a lot of people back from the 80s that can remember the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Uh, it was uh, not handled well. And there were a lot of people from from those days that look at him and say you were a huge issue when it comes to that and then as far as ebola we didn't have any issues with ebola everybody settled down the ebola virus chad do you remember the ebola virus you remember all the things with the ebola virus oh god chad it's all about the ebola shit ebola virus three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show's your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. A lot of stuff to squeeze into. little immigration talk. I love how New York is panicking. What do we do with all these people? It is, uh, it, every day it's something new and something hilarious. Talk a bit about that. Lots of stuff to squeeze into. 323 
1-800-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. You can tweet at us, text ye, uh, the program as well. We've got some text we'll read as well coming up. This is The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Always feel free to text the show. Do as much as I can to answer as many people as possible. Uh, one of the things that we did talk about a little bit earlier, and uh, thanks to my buddy Sam out there uh, who sent me this uh, uh, very interesting and real text about the insanity of the uh, what is going on in the world of of. You know, the economy is Ford announced that they're cutting like six percent of their jobs when it comes to salaried employees. And Sam said, hey, just started listening to today's podcast. Um, by the way, you can grab the podcast wherever available. Uh, Ford Motor Company is cutting back on white collar workers because of the change to electric vehicles. Uh, and he asked, you know, would love for you to do this on the show. Do you think it's a good idea for any company to make purely electric vehicles? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to be purely electric. Uh, and he also talked about he's a he's a master electrician. He said our power grids are not capable of handling this stuff. No, it's not. Our power grids are not capable. If we went all electric overnight, our power grids would fail. They would flounder. I mean, California can't keep their lights on. It's hot outside, but hey, it's hot outside. Make sure you keep all uh, your heater on. So it, it is. Uh, uh, I think it's more of a sign. And usually where it starts when it comes to recessions, as, or at least the job losses in recessions is, and it was very, I was talking to my uncle the other day, a lot of businesses have way too much middle management. I don't know, we need 12, you know, sales managers for 10 people kind of thing. And, you know, now in government, they love that, right? Like as much bureaucracy and middle management as they can handle all day long, six-figure salaries, great pensions—you know the whole the whole nine yards. They're fine with that because the taxpayers are paying for it. But on the other side of stuff, businesses are a lot of times they they overhire in good times in certain areas. And while that's going on, the first thing that's going to pay the price is going to be that and contractors. And I know several places uh, are getting rid of a lot of contractors. Meta was one. I think Disney's doing the same thing. In, in in places that uh, they're like, I don't know if we need this contract or we can bring this thing in house at this moment in time. So you're going to find a lot of that. That's where it's going to start. And then it's just going to be, are we not going to hire? The problem is, is be, we have so many jobs available, even in a downturn, some of these places are understaffed from what they need. And that's not going to change anytime soon because whatever reason, people don't want jobs. You know, we talked about it earlier. What have they done? Well, they've gone out and they've figured out how to gig economy themselves into making a living. Somebody just asked a text and you can text always 323-538-2423. Gig economy is doing, you know, basically you're an independent contractor. So just like you would if you were a... You know, you're a contractor. You may have one gig here. I'm building a bathroom for these people. Tomorrow, once you're done with this in, you know, three, four, five, six days, you're going to go give a bid on a redoing somebody's kitchen cabinets. 
So your 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 living comes from that. Now, the difference in this gig economy is somebody may sell something on Etsy, they may sell something on eBay, they may, you know, uh, you know, drive, you know, 40 hours a week for Uber, Lyft and uh, Grubhub. They switch their hats and their little signs depending on what it is that's booming at that moment. Oh, yeah, I could see that. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Like I said, I try to read as many as possible. Some of your big shout-outs said that they are part of the alt-middle medical. They're an alt-middle radical. Well, what does it mean to be alt-middle? Uh, I'm just joking. People think when you're in the middle, and I'm not in the middle. I'm a centrist. I like the alt-middle because I thought it was funny. Because alt-centrist doesn't sound as good. Uh, alt-independent, alt-indie, maybe. It sounds like a like a one of those uh, like FM radio stations somewhere. Check out the alt-indie. It is, I look at everything individually. So you bring me something. Uh, you know, do I lean right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think you listen to the show. You absolutely know that. But it doesn't mean that I agree with everything. Right? And, you know, it's, and then the other side of stuff, uh, there's stuff on the left, I think I've, you know, as a, as a person that's got that little bit more well, the libertarian feel that it just to me isn't uh, something we should be freaking out about. But both sides love to do it. It's the sport that's played. Speaking of that, Trump's still out there. The T word. I know. I know. Uh, I, you know, I mean, what are we what's coming of this at this moment in time? Right. Concern over those 300 documents triggered the criminal investigation still in its early stages, probing whether Trump and his aides may have mishandled material, refused to turn it over or even lied about it. And Democrats are asking questions about how those documents were stored at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, did you guys hear that? Democrats are asking questions. How were they stored? How? What? How were, were they stored somewhere that could have been flammable? What was it? Uh, was it Clinton that lost the nuclear codes for like two months? Well, it doesn't matter, Chad. It's no, it's just the whole thing. It's, it, this is this is what politics has become now. It's a one up gotcha moment where I could go, ha ha, look what you've done. <laughs> that is not what, you know, uh, yesterday in the, the, my local show, we had uh, uh, Adrian Fontes on. He's running to be the secretary of state. He was in charge of uh, elections in Maricopa County for a while. He had the the drama and then, you know, he ended up losing the night of the 2020 election uh, to Stephen Richard, who he says did a hell of a job, right? Winning his campaign in this last, you know, primaries did a hell of a job there being the uh, uh, Maricopa County, uh, you know, recorder who, who handles the election. And he's a Democrat. And he and I were talking about like a lot of the, this stuff. Of the, of the chaos and craziness and the screaming and yelling that goes on in politics. And you listen to the guy, and he's very matter-of-fact. He's a good dude. But, you know, it, it is... We live in this world now where sport is... In politics are the same. It's fanaticism that, that wins the day. It's screaming, it's yelling, it's the truth no longer matters. And I told him, I said, dude, it's reality TV. And he's like, ah, I don't buy that. Reality's reality. I said, no, 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 no. Reality for everybody else is reality, but the fanaticism in the reality TV world is is what people pay attention to. Reality may be reality, but like we've always said, if somebody's if, if if there's a car that's stalled on the side of the road and they're fixing a tire, you're not paying the same kind of attention you are if there's a ten car pileup. You go to a dinner 
right, at a nice restaurant or any restaurant, and you're sitting there and you're having a meal, you don't notice the table next to you really doing anything. If they get into a screaming and yelling match, you pay attention. And that's, and he just, I don't know about that. No, that's just the reality of it. We, we now have seeded common sense to people that yell the loudest. And that is not good at all. More with Trump because, of course, he's evil. The Department of Justice will propose redactions. They'll black out what they think should be kept sealed, kept secret from the public in that affidavit that was used to justify the Mar-a-Lago search. The judge in this case has said that he'll look at that. He's in- Yeah, you know what? There you go. I, I, the, the, you're going to figure it out. Yes, no, maybe. Does it really matter at this point? Honestly, what you guys tell us when you think you've got the goods on them, and at that point in time, we'll pay attention. Until then, I think we're all moving on with our lives. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. New York City still struggling with the evil that is Greg Abbott and him continually sending people to to uh, New York City because they're, well, you know, they're showing up from there, from Texas. They're showing up in Texas from different parts of the world. And then Texas is saying, here, New York, have a taste. D.C., have a taste. Same thing here in Arizona. Here, you have a taste of what is going on. Just a taste. Just a taste. And, of course, it's all Abbott's fault. The governor of Texas is not giving any information at all, no matter how much we try to coordinate. Crisis calls on coordination. And he has been really uh, just uh, a person who's mean-spirited in the area of helping people in a time time of need. Yeah, nobody's buying that. Look, you're, you're not enjoying the fact that there is a bunch of people that are coming here from all over uh you know yes from the from the triangle right you know this 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 the is the northern triangle you know guatemala el salvador honduras uh some people from mexico and a vast majority from venezuela and other parts you know haiti and things like that and they're getting bussed to new york city that has itself said we're a sanctuary state now new york does get a lot of people that fly in or did remember that let's not forget that while all of the coronavirus shut down international travel and things of that nature. Let's not forget, because a lot of, for, for a couple of years, one of the biggest things that was happening is people were coming to ports of entry like New York City and Los Angeles flying in from other places and just overstaying their visas. Not the same, though. Not the same. Because once that kind of shut down, the, the vast majority of people were just coming across the border as fast as possible. And we've set records. We're near 2 million people. Not counting the million people that they count as gotaways, that would be three million. We still have two months left to continually break the record. I mean, every day it's like, you know, once you hit 62 home runs, well, 63 is a brand new record. And then 64. So you get where I'm going with this. And New York is acting as if, man, we've never, we didn't even know. That's the funny thing. What do you, I, I was unaware that this, 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 this is, oh my God, this, all these people, Adam's freaking out. People are getting off buses. I, I said the other day, I watched the, uh, uh, one of the, like, situ, like, like uh, they had everything set up where people, the bus is pulling in and it was one of those situations where it reminded me of like when I watched the NFL on Sunday or this past weekend, I watched, uh, or yesterday I actually watched Liverpool versus Manchester United menu with a one, yep, yep, yep. 
So, and they show the all the players getting off the bus, right? You know, and they're walking in under the tunnel into the stadium, and you know they're signing some autographs or whatever. And that's what it reminds me of. They pull into the bus station, and then there's thousands of cameras, and people are getting off. And I'm sure they're like, "What the hell's going on here?" It's it's immigration. You guys are feeling it, and you're feeling a very small, small portion of what Arizona and Texas are truly feeling. The White House gave us the pathway uh, to receive the assistance. We're going through the process of doing so, and we're optimistic that we're going to receive some assistance. Your GDP is almost a trillion dollars. Think about that for a second. They're like, oh, these places are packed full of people. What do you think Yuma feels like? What do you think Tucson feels like? Gila Bend out here in Arizona, right? I mean, what, what do you think that's like, right? McAllen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. El Paso. What do you, what, what do you think they're, they're, they're not New York City. They're not. And you're just upset. You're pissed. I don't like this. This is really making me angry. Get over yourself. You're getting a small taste of it. And the fact that you're having this happen to you in your city and you're angry about it shows you that you really knew nothing about what was going on there and how bad it was. And like everything, until it affects you, you really don't care. Right? Well, how does this affect me? It doesn't. Well, then I don't care. But the minute you feel it, you're like, well, this affects me now. Well, yeah, it affects you now. How do you feel now? I'm not happy about it. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Get a free bag of Rough Greens right now. Sit directly to you. Right? Simple and easy. Comes right to you. And there it is. Now, why would they do this? Well, first of all, Dr. Dennis Black, this amazing man who wants to make sure that every dog in America tries Rough Greens. It has vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff that I can't even list or we'd be here all day that is inside this amazing supplement that you sprinkle on top of your dog's food, and it brings your dog's food to life. It has helped my dogs tremendously. People around here that I have, I've given it to said, why don't you guys try it? They've come back and said, look, man, it has made a world of difference in my dog. It gives them more energy. And if you're like me, your dog's a little bit longer in the tooth. Maybe they don't have the same kind of energy. Maybe they struggle a bit with joint you know, pain and knee pain and stuff like that. Watch what happens. It is truly amazing. Try it now. Cover the cost of shipping. A free bag shall come to you. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. We'll wrap it up straight ahead. Chad Benson Joe. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Chart-topping rapper Fetty Wap going to prison for at least five years, pleading guilty to drug charges Monday in New York. Wap, real name Willie Maxwell, was accused of taking part in a scheme to smuggle heroin, fentanyl, and crack cocaine into New York using the U.S. Postal Service and cars with hidden compartments. Fetty Wap's self-titled debut album topped the Billboard 200 chart in 2015. Wait a minute. You mean the guy who had a big hit with Trap Queen is going to jail? Fatty Wap going to jail five years. Five years he's going to jail. And that song was uh, quite a little ditty, by the way. I mean, you just you kind of rock it. It's a na 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 na. Yeah, he's going to he's going to jail for five years. That's a long time. It's a long time. And you ask yourself, I mean, I didn't think about it. This is a guy who is. 
you know, he's been on the Tonight Show. He's been on, you know, the everything. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, you name it. He's been on it. He's had his hit was massive. And at the same time, he thought, you know, uh, I'm going to continue to do what I've done, which is uh, a trip. By the way, his uh, album, right, the, the single itself, 10 million. It went diamond. The United Kingdom went two times platinum. Sweden, two times platinum. He sold about, oh, it looks like about 14 million copies and uh, sitting 190th all time on the charts. And he's going to go to jail for at least five years. Man, that is a trip. That is a trip. I just, I'm fascinated. You have everything, right? You have everything and you decide to go, hey, I'm still, I came from the streets. This is who I am. And I still feel this way. And I'm going to live my life that way. You know, you go look at uh, all of the stuff when it comes to like, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, NWA and all these, they were on the periphery and fringes of the world of, 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 you know, gangster rap is what they call it. But the reality is, is they, they were on the fringes, you know, they, they were singing about the neighborhood. They were the poets of the time for the neighborhood. And now you look at them, right? From, from Ice Cube to, to, you know, of course, obviously Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, they, the minute they got the opportunity, boom, I was saying the other day, my uncle in Long Beach, and that's where Snoop's from, I go, where are you? He goes, I'm getting lunch. So where? He goes, I'm getting lunch at Snoop Dogg's. <laughs> and I start laughing. I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm getting lunch at Snoop Dogg's. He's got a hot dog joint. The guy's an entrepreneur. And for the right thing, bringing stuff back to the neighborhood. It's a trip. It is a trip. That guy's going to jail for five years. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Stuff to look at tonight when it comes to elections. We touched on it throughout portions of the day. The big one is uh, DeSantis is going to be facing somebody who? The race drawing the most attention, Democratic nominee for governor. Today we will find out who will face off against Governor Ron DeSantis come November. It's likely either going to be Representative Charlie Crist or the state's agricultural commissioner, Nikki Freed. Yeah, so tomorrow we'll touch a bit about that. These are some interesting races. So you got New York and Florida today. Uh, some very interesting, close races in, in certain areas. So we shall see what that looks like. Solid fun show as always. We did a lot today because that's what we do. If you want to text the program, feel free. 323-538-2423. You can also check us out on the old Twitter, at Chad Benson Show. And I believe we have Instagram. And I think... We have, and I'm going to say this, we have Facebook, and my uncle handles a lot of that, and he trolls. So if you want to have fun and go laugh at stuff, he's the one handling that over there. Have yourself a good day. It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. A little bit of tacos. Night, night, Jack. This is the Chad Benson Show.